0: And welcome to this Sir Anthony Hopkins's Ghastly Rips.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Very simple format. I'm going to relax in this mahogany and red leather armchair and bust out some absolutely monstrous clouds on my new vape. <laughs> while I listening love. to a genre of music too new for you to understand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it if Sir Anthony Hopkins became like a an an e vape influencer.
0: Now let me so tell you about some of the benefits of vaping.
1: <laughs> this is where it turns out they actually pitched it to the BBC as ghost stories, and it was ghastly. Rips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's now he's, he's found himself honor.
1: accidentally going down a very different route. <laughs>
0: I'll stick with it, I actually quite enjoy this. Now here are some tips. Uh, Make sure you can get maximum clouds from your coil. (laughs) Let's begin.
2: And welcome to this episode 170 of Sir Anthony Hopkins' (laughs) Ghastly (laughs) Rips. This is the Electronic Wireless Show. It's Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast. And the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell and I'm joined uh, this week by Suggs. (laughs) Oh, hello. Hello, Suggs. Hey.
0: (laughs) And and House MD. (laughs) What is wrong with you? I'll find out.
3: Yeah.
2: Very good. <laughs> <laughs> better, better than my sucks, for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, this week we are talking about the best sort of houses and games that we'd actually like to live in. It's going to be interesting, I think. Excited it was a see...
1: house reference.
2: Yeah. No, I got that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, I just want to make sure, for anyone listening, that's what it uh, is.
2: <laughs> How are you both this week? Are you well? Yeah, uh, Sugs. Are you well?
1: Yeah, very good. Um I almost had an altercation in a cinema. Oh. Um uh, there was someone who wouldn't be shushed. Uh and then they got very aggressive and luckily someone else then stepped in to shush them and he got super aggressive with them, like stood up and adopted a fighting pose which I was like, I'm really glad that other guy shushed after me so that he kind of like drew the heat of the battle, you know? Interesting.
2: Um, what film was it?
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> House of Gucci. More <laughs> 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 <Yeah.
0: laughs> well, like House of like, Sushi.
2: Who pays like 12 quid or whatever to go see House of Gucci and talk through? Uh, <laughs> Who's uh, going to House weird. of Gucci all aggro? Of,
1: what kind of thug ends up watching House of Gucci?
2: A really well-dressed one.
1: Yeah, it wasn't (laughs) well-dressed.
2: Like, I could think maybe if it was, like, Scream and it was a bunch of, like... Right. You know, 18-year-olds or whatever, but who goes to House of Gucci spoiling for a fight? Lady Gaga.
1: Very odd.
2: Was it Jared Leto? Was it Jared Leto in character? Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's his, that's his whole deal. He goes to every screening of it and causes a big old stink until he left, actually, just when Jared Leto turns up in the films. So, well, you've never seen this no, guy. Seen the same time. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what's how cinema technology works, but yeah, it might have been. Um, but the thing is, once you've had, uh, I tweeted about this, so apologies if I'm just repeating myself for those who avidly follow my feed. I'm um, sure
2: there are many Blorco fans now listening. To the <laughs> well,
1: once once you've had a, like a real flesh and blood, like like maniac presence quite near you, nothing on the screen compares. So even though everyone's like, this is one of the ripest performances in years, and it is, it's actually nothing compared to a real life, you know,
3: violent
0: <laughs> man. A bruiser so... staring you down for willing him to be quiet. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. even Catherine shushed him. Which I mean, it takes a Ooh. lot to get to get her in that kind of uh, you know aggressive. St- Is it aggressive to shush? I don't know.
2: I don't. I don't think it's good. But I imagine you're in a state of like you're you you go into a, a cinema screening pre shushing. Like you're you're already in that headspace, right? Like
1: no. no I'm, like there was a time where I used to get. A bit anxious about people talking in the trailers not because they were talking over the trailers but because i thought it showed uh, a predisposition to talk during the film Ooh. you know uh,
0: storms are brewing yeah <laughs> yeah
1: right <laughs> you're like well if that you know like if that carries on at this level we are gonna have a problem so i tense no, up
2: i talk during the trailers uh not at like normal volume like i am now but uh, you know i sort of
1: Will whisper talk. You're not. You're not recording Talks a full like... podcast in the auditorium. No,
2: no, no. But I talk during to try and get the talking out, and then I won't feel the need. To...
3: Right. Yikes. Yeah. It's,
2: <laughs> because it's I know, funny. You know I'm allowed
0: to talk during the trailers.
2: Not. I'm not during the film.
0: You can tell someone's. Well, at least in the case of incredibly conflict-averse people like me and Matthew, you can really tell where someone's passions lie by where they snap. Like, for, for Matthew, it's like, you know, pulling a gun on a man in a, in a cinema for breathing during House of Gucci. For me, it's shouting at children like a wizard
2: uh, when they <laughs> smash
0: on glass tanks at zoos. You know, we all just have a point where we go berserko. <laughs> like in that movie where the newsman shouts out of the window. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> How how are you, Nate? Yeah, I'm all right. I've had some... um, You know, I've not talked about the old uh, tankensteins in a while, the old fish tanks. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. They're having a real (laughs) good at the moment. I've been... um, We're now into Fish Tank Cinematic Universe Season Uh 4, which some of you may remember before Christmas was prompted when I realised, you know... Putting together 30 fish tanks during lockdown might have been a case of losing my mind. Um, So I'm consolidating them a little bit to about 20. Um, But it's really nice because I've swapped out some older, cheaper tanks with some newer, nicer ones. And uh, I'm just giving everything a lot of care and attention. All my plants are going bananas. I'm finally growing loads of uh, Pogosteum and Helferi, which is a lovely bright green star-shaped plant from Vietnam. hellfairy, hellfairy. that's right. That sounds well metal. No, alas, uh, it's it's hellfairy, like H-E-L-F-E-R-I. Um, oh, and I've had some... Uh, another thing that sounds way more metal than it is, I've had a few species of killifish breed, um, which are not, alas... Fish with guns <laughs> for eyes. Um, are, they, are they murderers? Uh, but, well, I mean, they're killy. But they're... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they're, they're some of the least aggressive of my fish, bless them. Um, they're really, really quite nice fellows. But yeah, I wasn't even trying to... Uh, there was one species I wasn't even trying to breed, but the quarantine tank I had them in, they just started smashing out kids. So that's uh, a
2: well, that's the, I'm glad to hear the tanks are doing well. Uh, I have, for show and tell, I have brought a story this week that I'm quite keen to share Ooh. with you because I, I find it very funny. Oh, that's great. Um, so uh, I hope you find it funny as well, or I'm going to sound like a sociopath. But um, so my, I am IRL friends with uh, a guy called Tim, who I've been, I was at school with I know, for a very long time. And uh, he's a listener of the show, friend of the show, Tim. And uh, I was talking to him this week because uh, he sent me pictures of his daughter trying to eat a Toblerone <laughs> without breaking it into pieces, um, which is very good. Um, but he reminded me that uh, about 10 years ago, one of our other friends who, give me a fake name, uh, Nate, I need a fake name to protect the innocent.
0: Uh, bust Muggley.
2: Okay, so our friend Bust Mugley was um, <laughs> a, for like about three days, a material suspect in a murder. <laughs>
0: Whoa! Right. With a name like For that, like... I'm not surprised.
2: <laughs> and I'm gonna preface this by saying, um, he was he definitely didn't do it. He was cleared in three days. And it's obviously only funny because he was cleared. Um it's not funny that a real life woman I mean, died. Yeah. But the circumstances of Bust's uh arrest well not arrest uh questioning uh are very funny. Also um, three
1: days isn't instantly cleared.
2: No, well he wasn't arrested. He was okay. he was a, I'd say three days of... is
1: quite a long time to be a suspected murderer for.
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna so do, you know, do you remember a, f- a few years ago, um Martin Freem- Martin Freeman? Yeah, from yeah, the actor. office? Isn't it? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Um so he was in uh a police drama uh, called like The Confession or something. Uh it was that murder. Oh. Um yeah, and and Bust is In the show. (laughs) Really? (laughs) They characterized him in the show. But I'm going to read an extract that um, Tim sent me from the real life. The policeman that Mario Freeman plays wrote a book about it. So it's an extract. (laughs) This is when they've identified Bust Mugly as a a suspect. Update for you on another of the AMPR TIE subjects, Boss and Officer Said. Yes, I asked wearily, not holding out much hope. This is the male driver of a red Skoda. He entered Swindon at 2.10 and left in the direction of Salvanac Forest at 3.01. We've done an initial interview. His reason for entering Swindon at that time was because he was bored. He said he decided to go shopping at two in the morning for some prawn <laughs> cocktail crisps.
0: This guy sounds like a god. <laughs>
2: Cocktail crisps. It was such an improbable answer, I think there might even have been a shocked, nervous titter of laughter that rippled through the room. But I wasn't laughing. I was deadly serious. We're not happy with this bloke, Governor, the interview team told me frankly. And when my team wasn't happy, neither was I. (laughs) So basically, my friend Bust Mugly was awake at two in the morning and wanted to get out of the house, so he drove 40 minutes to Swindon. To go to a twenty four hour Tesco and buy some Pro cocktail
3: crisps. I mean, man,
2: and that happened to coincide with uh, this woman's disappearance. Uh, and, and and when the police interviewed him, they were like, "What were you doing at two in the morning?" He was like, "I went to buy some cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he hadn't told his mum that he was going out obviously because it was like 2 in the morning so when they like interviewed his mum to be like where well, was your son she was like he was here the whole time so it sounded like he was saying up an alibi and oh. then um, they seized his car and his phone and another of our, he, our friends uh, give me another fake name Nate
0: um Sozo bundle grump.
2: So Sozo sent a text to Bust saying not realizing that his phone had been stolen, uh been seized, saying, Can't believe you killed that girl, man. (laughs) Uh, Oh that's actually uh, made me sweat. (laughs) As like, you know, a joke, not realizing Uh, that Bust's phone had been seized.
1: Imagine bantering your way into a life sentence.
2: Oh, my God. And then, then, yeah, he was cleared within three days because he wasn't, you know, I didn't have anything to do with it. It was just uh, an extremely stupid circumstance. But then, uh, in the dramatization of it, in order to protect the innocent (laughs) so that Bust couldn't be identified, I guess, because they couldn't legally say, this is Bust, he's a suspect. Um, And at the time this happened, Bust would have been about, I think, 24 and so in the show, he, he's portrayed as an overweight man in his 50s, <laughs> who's kind of a bit, a bit of an idiot. And the police officer is like, why did you go to Swindon at two in the morning? And this guy just goes, monster munch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's good. That's good dramatic license there. So
2: they changed the crisp, <laughs> so nobody could identify. You can't say you can't say
1: prawn cocktail crisps in a serious police drama. The words <laughs> prawn cocktail cannot be heard in a kind of uh, you know bleak David Fincher esque <laughs> setting. It's just it's the least monster dramatic monster f- food stuff to say. I think
2: prawn cocktail crisp Monster <laughs> munch and. <then laughs> And then in the in the dramatisation, his mum is sat next to him and she's like, I didn't know you went out. And he goes, well, I did, mother!
3: <laughs> uh.
2: Apparently, the real life bust doesn't find this as funny <laughs> as the rest of us. <laughs>
0: is he, is he alright?
2: Oh, yeah, he's fine. He's very, like, he's also the least threatening dude in the world he's just like a nice shy I, nerd I've been dining uh, out
1: on that story for years I'd just <laughs> be telling it everywhere I would happily be associated with that story I wish that story had happened to me <laughs> you wish you'd been a, a suspect in a murder yeah but I but for like buying Rio because that's very on brand for yeah, me
2: yeah no yeah <laughs> I don't think he was ever like that worried because they you know they were, there wasn't actually any evidence that he did anything apart from he had the stupidest reason in the, the world. Is, I imagine for being if you
1: Twinden, if you one hundred, if you you know you knew yourself to be innocent and knew that it could be very easily proven, maybe you would have some fun with it because you're like, well, listen, it's not going to be me, so I may as well just give them some funny lines, you know, because they're probably having a grim time. Still, someone's been was... murdered, and uh... I just want to give them a few
2: laughs. Well look, there's plenty of cases where, you know, people have been found guilty of things they didn't do. First of all, Matthew but second of all, it, he yeah, didn't but... give them a funny line that was true. He went out in <laughs> yeah. the morning to get
0: <laughs> That's mm. the most like partridge alibi I've ever heard. <laughs> 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 and then and then like ten
2: years later it was portrayed as as uh a kind of uh, old fool <laughs> yelling at his mum. Monster munch. So if you did ever watch that uh, that show, just think of think of bust and know that that was a real man. When it get Christmas, three in the morning, drove like nearly an hour each way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, good I luck was with gonna, this one. I was, I did have quite a good segue, but I, yeah. can, I realized I can't do it because it would actually reveal Bust's uh, part of Bust's identity. But he does have a very is cool. He, is house. he called
1: Best Houses?
2: Yeah, that's his real name, <laughs> <But, laughs> Mister Mister B House. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did actually grow up in a very very cool house with. Uh, uh, We used to go, it had a huge like kind of rambling sort of field around it. We used to go and have barbecues in his garden and then fire um, fireworks out of a sort of homemade rocket launcher, which was a length of pipe with a tea tray sort of welded on the side. (laughs) Because you have to make your own fun when you grow up in the country. (laughs) Yikes.
0: Yeah. Oh, so he does actually have the Monster Munch
2: accent? No, 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 he doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> That's the best bit as well, they've just completely just they they absolutely did him over. It's like they met him, or like, how can we portray this man as at like the opposite of what he is? <laughs> Poor Bust, but anyway, uh, Bust uh grew up in a cool house, and we're going to talk about the best houses and games that we would actually uh like to live in. Right. So this, actually, I suggested this and I started thinking about it and then I was like, actually I can't think of that many that I would like, because I, right. it would be cool to live in a castle. Like, I'd think it'd be really cool to live in, like uh, Skyhold in Dragon Age, especially because you get to, like, do it up how you want and eventually, like, you turn up and there are all holes in the roof and stuff and as you go along, they fix it and things and make oh, it Oh, you're bossing
1: over a lot of negative stuff that comes with that ownership. Well,
2: though. that's what I mean, like there's no plumbing. Uh, you have to trek through the mountains and nearly die to get to it. Uh, there's a lot of admin.
1: You have to make some really difficult moral decisions. I mean... Well. Like, like, if
2: you're in charge of it,
1: the, the, the Inquisition or whatever it is, they're going to bring you people and be like, "Is this mad elf, do you want to chop his head off? And, like, you don't really well, want that.
0: This is this is a question I was going to ask actually like if we are having I was imagining it like the house is teleported out of the setting and like put in the West Midlands or whatever because, I, could, like, I could see you know, that yeah
2: but also I you know like I just I'd just like to live there I wouldn't necessarily have to be the inquisitor like I could be one of the weirdly dressed nobles at the back going rhubarb rhubarb or As an NPC a, who
1: goes, oh, ah, yeah. Inquisitor or something every time he walks yeah, past. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> what a sad existence. Um, well, you know. <laughs> I, so, so I was trying to think of a house
1: which wouldn't need much doing to it. And because there's lots of houses, I think if you cleared out the threat, I would like to live there. But mm. there is that threat. Um, but like, a straight up, just a nice house. Uh, the first level in hitman 2 in hawks bay has got this like beach apartment um that's really nice it's like all glass there's no other houses for like miles
0: around so it's
2: really nice It's really nice isn't it yeah
0: but without sounding like i know too much it does look like the sort of place they film pawns
3: (laughs) 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 but it's
1: surely
0: just a hunch But there's so
2: much glass everywhere. We go through our kit now. We can't get that sofa.
0: Surely, you want well, it? Why watch? not? Secluded, <laughs> port location. I don't know. I would want to take take a blacklight round very thoroughly <laughs> before I got that place. Yeah, but well, see, it is nice. I'll give you that. Yeah, also, I mean, it's, one got, it's got um, like a
1: massive TV wall. Um, it's got like a swimming pool. Oh, it's oh, a God, very to nice... Genuinely
0: chat about the best houses in Hitman. I loved the one um, in the vineyard level in Hitman 3 uh, the, in mm. Argentina, I think.
3: Oh, um, yeah, yeah.
0: The one with like the secret rule in the world room underneath it.
1: Oh, you mean the house next to the vineyard? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's bloody lovely, that one. Very rustic. Lovely fields I... of lavender.
2: I did like the Agatha Christie mansion, although it was a bit busy. I feel like the dark wood made it seem quite small, and then they'd put too much in some of the stairwells. But you could easily redecorate, couldn't you?
0: It was weirdly sort of grid-like as well. Like if if I'm going to have a, like a sprawling old old-timey English mansion, I want all sorts of pointless little nooks and crannies and stuff. Was it was quite sensibly laid out?
1: Yeah, yeah, it just that's have, true. Does have some secret rooms in it?
0: Oh, yeah, I don't mean so much like secret rooms. It's just like, you know, some weird L-shaped annex where, like, the keeper of the Lord's donkeys would be flogged for his transgressions or whatever, you know, that that is now useless (laughs) for anything modern. The, The big problem
1: with that place is there's large portions of the house you can only access with one particular walking stick. And if you lose that walking stick... It's, you know, you're, you're basically screwed. It's not just like a key where you can just go to Timpson's and get another key cut. <laughs> you can't be like, don't ask me why, but I need a replica of this cane made. Uh, and if you lost it, that's just goodbye,
2: like, I don't know, a quarter of the house? That's why you couldn't live in any of the mansions in Resident Evil or anything. Because it's all like, you've got it. it's not just one stick. It's like three bits of stone in the shape of an animal. <laughs> the- and they're really poorly
0: oh. dog-proofed as well.
1: <laughs> that's, that's if you have guests over and they're like, "Where are the toilets?" And you're like, "Right, <laughs> it opens drawer, pulls out like an ace of spades, a stone unicorn," <laughs> and they're you have like, to "Move uh-oh. this
2: around until its shadow forms the shape of a spider." And <laughs> like, I really need
3: shit.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, you yeah, know, that'd be a disaster. <laughs> uh, what about you, Nate? Would you like to live in, like, one of the castles in Age of Empires or something?
0: Oh, no, because they get trebucheted into dust near constantly. Um, <laughs> and I'd be expected to fire arrows at enemies. Um, i t- I tell you the one that came instantly to mind for me, uh, was Sokolov's house in Dishonored. Ooh, okay, yeah. Like, That's a
2: bit of a nightmare of moving walls, though.
0: Not really. I'm, I'm very horny for a lot of the houses in Dishonored, actually. I think uh, the one... Now, hang on. Because Sokolov have a... There's, like, the townhouse... Like, in one of the earlier levels. I think that's Sokolov. I can't remember now. Some, like, science lad, anyway. And there's, like, a room where he's, like, bashed up a load of rats and stuff. And it's it's all (laughs) a bit difficult. Like, that one's all right. But, I mean, like, his safe house, which is, like, upriver a bit, and it's got that incredible sort of conservatory on the upper floor. So downstairs, you've got, like... This big space that is a bit like the Tate Modern or something, where you got all those nutters with accordions marching around. Um and then yeah, you go up from that. And it's also it's just a lovely bit of level design because it makes it's one of those things that makes Dunwall feel very real, because it's a building that was clearly like pre-existing, and then has had a load of stuff added to it in the latest style. So you've got all of the sort of, you know, manky Victorian brickwork down below, but then it's got this huge steel and glass structure on the top where Sokolov does all of his like nightmarish experiments. And it's just, oh, what can I say? I love a glass house.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: see, I thought you were talking about the mechanical mansion. In Dishon- oh
0: no, this is a Dishonored One. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. That yeah, that that makes sense. I was gonna say the mechanical mansion is just like you are definitely losing a limb to those grinding <laughs> parts at some point. Or oh, yeah, like your car keys horrible. would fall down and then you'd be like, Well, that's good goodbye to that car, I guess.
2: I do I do like the Duke's mansion in Dishonored too. You know, that that level where uh there's um Vincent D'Nofrio and his um look and you have to kind of replace the real Vincent with the lookalike Vincent. <clears throat> um and oh, yeah. it's this nice it again, it's a seaside kind of big uh open plan ish uh villa with lots of nice little bits. I'd like I'd quite like that one. I think that's
0: very nice. Is it, it is actually Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah. It is, yeah.
1: I didn't realise that. If you um if you bought the house with the crack in time in it, is that count as two houses?
2: well and you could like go back and forth <laughs> yeah like sublet one of them in the past
0: <laughs> yeah or just take all of your rubbish from one and chuck it into the other that's avoiding oh, having which to worry way around would you do ends. it though because
1: if you're dumping the rubbish from the past into the future one day that's going to really catch up with you
2: <laughs> or just, you just like... gotta sell it before that happens though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that works I don't know the rules of time travel, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, if you put it in the past, it would have rotted by the present.
1: Yeah. But you'd also remember it arriving and it being traumatic. Because you'd basically, in the past, you're just living in the present, as it were. You're enjoying your everyday life. And then all of a sudden, there's like 8,000 banana peels suddenly just pour out of the air. You'd be like,
0: what? Yeah, but that's a problem for future you to deal with.
1: That would be a good sitcom. A man in the past, and like his rival is his self in the future. So he's like shaking his fist at his future. So,
2: future me. That must, I live the other way around. Idea. My 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 worst uh, bane upon my life is past Alice. Mm. She eats she eats all the biscuits and doesn't leave any for me. What a git! Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you feel about? The house in What Remains of Edith Finch. I mean, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a... Too sort of mausoleum-y, isn't it? That's what I thought. But if you bought it, you could go in there, you could clean everything out, repaint. Oh, oh right. Like properly know?
1: strip out all the memories.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> they should do a <laughs> DLC for... um, Is it House <laughs> Flipper?
2: Is- yeah,
1: exactly. Where you go into Edith Finch? Finch and you just carve out all the environmental storytelling and sell yeah, what, it, turn it, into flats. What,
2: what remains <laughs> of Edith Finch? All.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: oh god, I would love that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it does seem quite structurally unsound in other ways, so I don't oh, know. Yeah. It'd probably be it'd be you like you'd want to get it cheap because otherwise you you just know you're going to have to sink so much money into like fixer uppering it. Yeah, yeah. On the other sure. hand, there is there is a prepper basement for the apocalypse, so there is that. It's got it's definitely got some good
1: features. Um. I just think everyone would be visiting it the whole time because it's such a sort of weirdo place. Surely it would have yeah. you know people coming and hassling it. When you buy a, a famous house, you it would probably be listed, wouldn't it? You wouldn't
2: be able to do anything to it. Yeah, and you'd get that dickhead George from Channel 4 turning up going, this is an amazing space. <laughs> and, and Kevin from Grand Designs walking. Did you, did you play the game? When you watch Grand Designs and you guess whether he's going to walk off screen left or right at the end, that I liked doing that.
3: <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: you know, when he does his, like, his little his little talk at the end of Grand Designs and he's like, what they've made here is really quite extraordinary. And then he walks off as the camera pans up to look at the house. I like to guess whether he's going to walk off left or right. That's a,
1: a nice insight into your <laughs> evening mindset.
0: My life's very empty, yeah. Idea uh, for a show called Grand Designs, where a, a like an affable pair of presenters like go around a family's home and you know the family says, Oh, we'd you know, we'd like to do all this, we'd like to do all this and they come up with this great renovation plan and then the massive wolf-headed battering ram from Lord of the Rings, Grond, <laughs> smashes through the wall, annihilating the house. And the presenters laugh.
2: <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs>
0: there we go. My Grond um, deed for the day.
1: <clears throat> if you could strip out all the scary stuff and, like, like I guess, it, like as the as it would be now in Resident Evil Village. I quite like the spooky dollhouse. Okay, as a location because it's got like this amazing like like waterfall near it, and it's quite secluded, and it's quite a no- it's got quite a nice space that house. But like, that with,
0: if I, is doing a lot of heavy lifting, now yeah. If
1: it, did yeah, like I, I I don't want it to be like I want it to be like post werewolf times. <laughs> then I would definitely move there.
2: I wonder if the werewolves like. Buy and sell off each other and do you know DIY and remodel and redecorate <laughs> maybe I wonder if it technically is Ethan winters
1: like gentrifying Resident Evil Village by killing all the Ooh. monsters
2: yeah maybe There's yeah, a, that's
1: a, radical,
0: a radical reading
1: <laughs> Resident Evil gentrification sounds like one of those anime spin-offs <laughs> They've always <laughs> got names like that. <laughs>
2: mm. Um do you know what I just thought as well, like along the lines of what Main be of Joe you know would be actually a really great house to get hold of. Um the house in Gone Home. You don't used to do anything to it. It's only creepy because of the context. It's actually a very nice uh family home. It's
1: a uh, bit it's a bit generic though, isn't
2: it? Yeah, but I mean on the other hand, you, you know, like It's all very well to say, you know, I want a kooky build that's got, you know, um, original windows and very high ceilings. You know what else it's got? It's got damp. You know, Uh, there's nothing wrong with the modern build. Uh... Isn't there there like,
1: isn't there a former owner or owner of the house or or a relative who is a bit, isn't there like a paedophile thing in that game?
2: There's a, a hint of that, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't
1: want to. I wouldn't want to live in like paedophile House. I'm sorry, and that isn't like you know, uh, you know. I just I, I, <laughs> whatever that was meant to be. <laughs> what
0: <me>. an adjective! <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that isn't that isn't just sort of tabloid scaremongering. That is just common yeah. sense.
2: Would you live in a house where? <laughs> would you live in a house where there'd been murders?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, pro- I don't know. Like I definitely would. Yeah, well, it too. sounds like I'm enthusiastic about
2: it. <laughs> I'd love to. In fact, I would. <laughs> I you just get such I, a good deal. I have a specific filter set up. On <laughs> I tell you what,
1: I might live in a house where there'd been a murder. I don't know if I'd live in a house where, like, a murderer had lived for a long time without being found out. It's it's the It's yeah. it's more like I think the house becomes cursed when it's associated with like the murderer or some deviant of some kind, you
3: know?
0: If someone had just, like, (laughs) you know, I don't know, like, beasted their drug dealer in a fit of rage, like, I'd be fine with that, but if they'd, like, you know, kept someone in a cellar and, like, chopped their fingers off, I'd be like, oh, don't really fancy that, That because you might be, sort of, cleaning an alcove and find a finger.
1: Right, and, like, there was that drama last year where David Tennant played the bloke who flushed all the other blokes down the toilet or whatever it was.
2: Yeah, Dad. and then
1: said it was and said it was fried
3: chicken.
2: <laughs> he was the one that complained about. He was the one who called the the drainage company to come and clear the drains of his own murder. Yeah,
1: it's not great. seriously.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then they found all his
1: stuff, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I think that's fried. I think that's fried KFC." <laughs> Murderers are just chumps, aren't they? Like, but, but the point is, I wouldn't want to live in that flat because you know all the policemen who were at that case said that flat had like it was like evil when you went into it. It had like an like evil energy. Of, yeah, well,
2: I, <laughs> I don't know. I think if it were a long enough time had elapsed, I'd be fine with it. I oh god, when I was a, this. It's going to sound like when I was a kid, I murdered someone. When I was a kid, um, there was an estate sale for quite a big old house um, near where we lived. And uh, a bunch of us got some really nice furniture, really cheap. Um, Mm -hmm. And I got a new bed. Uh, I was about 12, 13, I think. And my uncles and brother kept telling me it was the bed that the old lady had died in after I got it. To try and terrify me as I slept in my own room. Um, well, I,
0: I, I don't think. <laughs> no, this is, I think before you knew me, but there was a grim period in my life where I had, I'd moved up here to Birmingham, but I was still working three days a week for a, a grim financial magazine in London. Uh, so what I would do for a while is go down to London uh, for three days and two nights every week. And I stayed with the boss of the company I was working for in her spare room. And I only found out after two weeks there that uh, her aunt had died in the bed I was sleeping in mere weeks before my arrival.
2: Oh my uh, God.
0: Which put a spin on things.
2: Oh. That's, that's, quite, I mean, you'd, you'd tell tells her wouldn't you wouldn't you well, she, it...
0: she did very casually in a conversation several weeks uh, several weeks later I mean you know she was a very nice lady um, I didn't hold it against her she just she was quite eccentric I think
2: blimey well well, the point is I suppose is that if we have an issue with living in homes where there have been murders and horrible deaths that will maybe price us out of the video game house market for, for a lot of them yeah well so, let, let me, I I suppose oh, you could say that so I I mean you could say that like haunted puppets and werewolves aren't people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like if I was an estate agent trying to spin all the murders in Hitman 3 Hawks Bay the house on the beach you could say like the house has got amazing storage like literally 28 bodies worth of storage. <laughs> <laughs> that might work. Very true, yeah. It's also very exposed, though. That's the other problem with these, especially games where you sneak into a house. If you then bought that house, you'd just be aware of all the ways people could break into it because that's what you did.
0: But well, you I'll give could... you an interesting renovation challenge.
2: Yeah, you could fix it.
0: Well, I
1: just remove all the doors. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Matthew living in a, a completely sealed house peeing in jars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I call it the Matthew Castle. <laughs> <laughs> be good. Okay, I'm going to throw throw one in um, with a different flavor. Uh, so you played Starbound. Uh, which one's that one? Uh, so it's, it's kind of mechanically similar to Terraria. It's like side-on, quite pixely. Um, and you could go to all different planets, which are procedurally generated, and sort of have adventures in that. It was a, I think it was a Chucklefish joint. Um, it was good. Uh, it's a little bit aimless, maybe, but very pretty and satisfying. Um, it, it, it imagine like sixteen bit No Man's Sky, basically. Okay, yeah, um, I, I
1: remember it. I haven't played it,
0: and I, I I played that a lot one summer and. Uh, one of the the alien species you can play as in the game are called like the Nova Kid or something, and they're like made of electricity, but they're like really nostalgic about the idea of cowboys.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> which is really weird, and I love it. Um, so they really like like cowboy themed. They got and this is the thing about Starbound. It was there were like hundreds and hundreds. Of like decor items you could get, and like materials and stuff, you couldn't craft things, which I liked. So you could build a building, but to build it, um, and it was in Terraria where you like build like the 2D uh, building, so it's like a cutaway that you can walk through. Uh, to build it, you have to, like, yoink all of the materials from other places using, like, this theft ray gun, uh, <laughs> which would fire at things, and it would just nick them. Excellent. Okay, yeah. And so the game I played, I was playing as one of these Nova Kids lads, and I was just sort of soft role-playing by traveling the galaxy, completely ignoring the main plot line and all the side quests, and just hunting for any Western decor that I could loot and then bringing it back to this planet where I <laughs> built a man, Because the planets were like, they were circles, right? And so if you ran to the right for long enough, you'd end up oh, okay. back where you'd you come started. Back around. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying to make a saloon that covered an entire world. Uh, Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I just imagine, like, you know, like um, Coruscant, the city planet in Star Wars, which is like all covered in skyscrapers. I just thought, like, what if that but Deadwood? Uh, and it was, yeah, I ended up making the saloon planet. And there were just like, you know, I got loads of people to live there. So there were, like, fishmen playing away on rinky-dink pianos and like, you know, stuffed deer heads and stuff and poker tables and old-timey lanterns and all these sort of, you know, incredibly unstable-looking wooden towers. And, yeah, I'd love to live there. I'll tell you that much. That does
2: sound good. I'd, yeah, quite like to, yeah, live in a planet-wide saloon.
1: (laughs) Uh, Do do any of the houses in um, Red Dead Redemption 2 take your fancy, Nate?
0: Uh, the one with a bear in it that attacks you the second you open the door would definitely not be on my list. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that's. I'm um, good luck upselling that to the estate agent.
0: <laughs> there is actually there's a bear. Pets a allowed, you know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. no,
0: because the bear would destroy them. The bear is your pet. It's your foe. It's your gods. <laughs> It's just a, it's a shed, basically, with a bear in it. <laughs> um, now, what's the one where, like, I forget what part of the game is, but Dutch's gang gets chased out of somewhere, and you relocate into, like, the, I think it's the swamp, and oh, you chase yeah, the that... gang out of this sort of knackered house and yeah, set and up it, shop it's,
1: there. it's got one of those long drives up to it with all the hanging tree, all the... Not hanging tree, you know, the 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 whatever those sort of
0: bio Spanish moss, yeah, yeah, I really liked that. And it was sort of because I just love sort of bio ambience, uh, so I had that going for it. And yeah, you know, it was, uh, it, it was weathered, you know,
1: yeah, Nackered. you had to kill a lot of people there as well to get it.
0: So, yeah, packed with ghosts and a low, low price. <laughs> I think racist ghosts as well. I think they were Even like better. some proto clansmen, <laughs> so you you wouldn't feel terrible about getting the busters in. Uh. <laughs> a good time.
2: Uh, I'm trying to think. It, what about like? I mean, Nate mentioned space. Would you like like a, a futuristic? I I did.
1: Like, like I did in, wonder about in. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, um, you go to the house of um Johnny Silverhand's um ex-bandmate uh Kerry Ronnie Goldfist. Huh?
0: Ronnie Goldfist.
1: Basically the character I based Ronnie Goldfist on, yeah. Um Kenny Kerry Urodine, and he's got Villa Urodine, which is in like the um I guess sort of like the Hollywood Hills type area of night city and it's just this massive it's really long it's really long kind of again like mega glass house um but really nice gardens there's also like a sort of japanese mansion up there which like the head of the arasaka kind of organization has that's really nice but you know that's just like saying there's thousands of ultra rich houses i would like to live in in the real world too i mean it's obvious right <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> uh, are there any houses in cyberpunk which like resolutely refuse to have like the internet of things or whatever? Oh yeah,
1: there's 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 still areas of it which are a bit like sort of Los Angeles like the suburbs or whatever. Like there are still houses which could be, you know, 20th century houses. Um maybe they've got like a microwave with a face or something, but, out, <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that uh, it'll be like the rubbish version of a microwave with a face. Um,
2: what, one of my favourite things in Cyberpunk 2077 is that your uh, your flat is like our room and it doesn't have a kitchen. It has a burrito vending machine. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that because I can't decide if that's like deliberate world building or just kind of <laughs> they realise they forgot to put in the kitchen. I don't well,
1: know. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, probably a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Um <laughs> the only problem with these giant glass houses, I've always wondered this, is what the window cleaning bills are like. Because you'd think it yeah. would be extortionate.
0: Oh yeah, Sokolov's place would be a disaster, wouldn't it? Yeah. And the power bill as well. Also, the wages for all those accordion-toting strongmen from the church. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's like when I, when I, um, one of the flats I lived in in Bath, I lived in, uh, on Portney Street, which is like the very, um, kind of Jane Austeny kind of proper Regency, like, you know, where the very well off people live. But I, I managed to afford a, a very, very small flat in one of the buildings there. And in the living room, it had, um, it had a chandelier. Um, Shut up. but, but like, yeah, a chandelier with a, with like, I would say I never counted them, but like well over twenty light bulbs, and this thing became just the bane of my existence. The number <laughs> of light bulbs I had to buy for this fucking chandelier because they just kept going out. And like, there is no worse first world problem than moaning about like the chandelier. But it was so out of my budget; it was just something I hadn't even contemplated that it would be an issue. And I used to let it go down to like like one or two bulbs and then it just then it had like huge Resident Evil energy because you know a, a, a broken chandelier is it's just so kind of gothic feeling but yeah that thing was just I, I couldn't wait to see the back of it
0: hidden costs yeah
1: hidden costs yeah it's
3: terrible
0: it sounds like um, one quite... bronze designs to be honest <laughs>
2: yeah I'd quite like to live in on like one of the futuristic Mass Effect kind of citadels, although eventually that does get turned into like a super weapon, doesn't it? But
3: Yeah, it's not a deal. But
2: I quite like their nice kind of you know, it's all like glass and water and trees in big pots and stuff. I think that's quite cool. Um,
1: yeah, to distract you from the fact that you're stuck in space. I would I would never live in a space station.
0: Not William. even no, the no, one from I... alien isolation. Especially not. It's got a bloody alien in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Wait. it'd be exciting and you'd never be lonely.
1: Oh, I wouldn't like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a really nice housemate. He might just have a grudge against the protagonist of that game. No, Maybe like, oh, that's... all right, Jeff, you're up late. Oh, I just came back from my prawn cocktail crisp buying sesh. <laughs>
1: That's where, uh, yeah, that's where you find the giant uh, painted on the wall in giant red letters. Why did I agree to live with an alien? <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's a bit on the nose. What happened here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worst part, mate. Ever. Brackets. It was an alien. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This flat has uh, it's got really bad reviews on uh, super. <laughs> <laughs> um, any more for any more?
0: Oh, I th- I think we've built up a pretty good property portfolio. <laughs>
2: yeah, we should uh, go into business. Let's incorporate as uh, an estate agent.
0: But you know what? We should go into first. Sting, yeah. please, Matthew. Oh. The Cavern of Lies. Sorry, tell uh... me about
2: this. Tell me about this Cavern. Does it have wired internet?
0: Uh... Uh, Yes, actually, it's um, it's a TV studio. Oh,
2: blindly, okay.
0: Um, it doesn't look much like a cavern at all, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's an extremely posh-looking ghost waiting for you there. Who's this? (laughs) Hello. I'm neutral party to the show, Lloyd Grossman. (laughs) Oh, God. And today, there'll be no lies at all, just truths as we play. Whose PC gaming house is it, Matt Berry, anyway? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I, I cannot do that sort of weird, post transatlantic voice without segueing into Matt Berry. So you just you just have to live with it, okay? Okay. So today, Matt Berry, the,
2: the new host of Through the Keyhole.
0: Today, I'll be showing you around five houses belonging to famous characters from PC games. All of them are real. You just have to tell me... Oh, now I can't even do Matt Berry because I keep thinking (laughs) of Boy (laughs) Cross. Okay. Uh... You just have to tell me who lives in which house. Okay? Okay. Okay. This is fun. um, I like this. Yeah, it's a new format. I thought I'd uh, mix it up a little bit. So... What is going to happen, I'll take you around the house and I'll keep giving you successive clues that get easier and easier, and the person to guess it first um, wins the round, I guess. So yeah, surprise, it's It's competitive. Okay, let's begin. Um, So, our first house... (laughs) is in a quiet suburb in New Mexico, USA. (laughs) You can see burrowing owls out of the window and other such desert wildlife, sometimes more dangerous things. Let's go inside (laughs) and ask ourselves, who is simulated to dwell in a house like this? (laughs) The first thing you notice is a series of certificates hung on the wall. Clearly, whoever lives here is proud of their education. Okay. okay. It's a modest bungalow, quite ascetic. I wouldn't go so far as to call it Spartan, but it's clearly someone with a fairly modest, plain-living lifestyle. They uh, obviously work very long hours. because is it master you Master Chief? No, no, it's... A, Oh, autumn was wordplay. This person clearly works very long hours. You can see uh, takeaway delivery boxes everywhere, okay. uh, which look like they've been moved around uh, extremely messily, uh, flying around with ragdoll physics.
3: <laughs>
0: Outside the back mm-hmm. door are a lot of wooden crates that have been smashed apart. Perhaps in a rage. And moving into the bathroom now, Uh, you can maybe determine the source of that rage. Next to the sink is an elocution manual that has been torn up in frustration.
2: Elocution, okay. Um, uh.
0: There is a first aid kit on the wall and next to it, another (laughs) thing you don't quite recognise that would recharge the energy of a suit. this is Gordon Freeman. That's right. Who lives in a house like this? It's Gordon Freeman. Oh, yeah. We should have got that
1: from every other clue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One point to Matthew. We're moving north now to Los Angeles. (laughs) And an apartment downtown I can only describe as a complete f***ing state. It looks like a, a pig lives here. Uh, but the, the, the character isn't a pig. I've just realized I sounded heavy-handed. I'm trying to make sure <laughs> it's very messy. <laughs> there are uh, empty bubblegum wrappers everywhere. Uh, the apartment, strangely, despite only clearly being designed for one person, has five toilets. All of five them toilets. in a revolting state. And on the f- <laughs> the couch in the living room are boxes and boxes full of Kleenex. You hope to wipe up tears. And next to it, a, ju- a 15 thick stack of calendars uh, that have all been uh, scrubbed through in misery. Uh, Duke Nukem? It's Duke Nukem's <laughs> bachelor pad. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got five wrecked toilets. He loves poo and wee. Oh,
1: of course he does. And bubblegum.
0: So we're going to the Caribbean He loves poo and wee. He does. He's all out of bubblegum. That's why the wrappers were empty.
3: Oh. Um,
0: Layers upon layers. Join us now in the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but this isn't one of those luxury hopes that Agent 47 might have a bit of a kill in. No, this is an almost rustic cottage.
1: Sounds like David Bowie.
0: Yeah, it's getting there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, who lives in a house like this? There is an enormous rhyming dictionary on the coffee table. Rhyming there dictionary. There is only one bedroom, but there are Five or six storage rooms just filled with absolute that you oh, couldn't think of a conceivable is, purpose for.
1: This is Guybrush Streetwood.
0: Yes, it is. Oh. God, mind of a gun. That was excellent.
1: He likes to rhyme with his insults or fighting.
0: Very cool. good. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: We move now to somewhere in Eastern Europe or perhaps the north of England. Either way, it's gloomy, it's rainy, and there's a spooky filter on everything that leaves you feeling dreary. This house, it seems, was some sort of old castle that's been renovated. A little, but it's still very draughty. A dismal place, but then the inside has been chirpened up significantly, with bright orange paint on the walls, There are posters extolling the virtues of positivity. There's a lot of tins of Brasso that have clearly been used to polish metal. And curiously, in the living room, there's an extraordinarily overpowered lamp and a weight machine for one extremely specific exercise, raising your arms again and again and again. What? The hell is this? An <laughs> overpowered lamp. Is that a bin over there made of metal? Or is it an overturned knight's helmet? Uh, I famous... wonder. Who oh, has wonder. Oh, oh,
2: Dark Souls. The... The, the Praise the Sun Man.
0: The knight's son from Dark Souls. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, mangled the pronunciation there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's him. <laughs>
1: good. <laughs> oh, good. Just like they say on the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I get ready very oh, to anticlimactic ending for that. Yeah, it's him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: right. Well, this one's in Antarctica, and let me tell you, it's bloody cold. <laughs> <laughs> no heating system either. So, someone here is either a cheapskate or likes very cold places. As if that wasn't enough. There's a massive walk-in freezer with an impractical stone chair at the end of it.
2: Stone chair in a freezer.
0: On the wall of the bedroom is a poster of Sauron from Lord of the Rings with This Is Your Grimspiration written on it. (laughs) And out the back, you find a skip with a lot of golden armor, holy books, and other such paladinish regalia. They've been oh, left oh, out um, for the polar bears Arthas? to wee on. Is it Arthas, the, the Lich King? It is. And there are no polar bears in the Antarctic, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah from, so that's. From the that's, Warcrafts. Off of the Warcrafts, yeah. So um, I think that was that. That's uh, uh, 3 2 to Alice. <gasps> well, Alice, I've got good news for you. That means that I, the oddly voiced ghost of Lloyd Grossman, can finally <laughs> I've
2: forgotten who you were, thank <laughs> you.
0: I can finally move on to the great Cape Cod in the sky and burden you with my responsibilities.
2: Oh Woo. no! <laughs>
0: So there you are. You must stay in the cavern of keyholes.
2: <laughs> no, to lose is to win, and
0: he shall win. Who wins shall lose. <laughs> Quickly, Matthew, before we have to. <laughs> I don't know. Look at Sonic's sex basement. <laughs> <laughs> Run! No. Oh. Uh,
2: Oh uh, well, I guess I'm allowed out once a week to do the podcast. Yeah, uh, that's
0: that's permitted. I, uh,
2: Lloyd's oh,
3: not. Thanks. I
1: forgot to tell Lloyd how much I appreciate his pasta sauces. Oh, me too.
0: Yeah, they're really good, fond, aren't they? Yeah, yeah i a big. I think Lloyd
1: Grossman's still alive. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who else is making all those pasta sauces? <laughs>
0: Uh, well, Barry Norman's not with us anymore, but we still have his pickled onions. What? <laughs> is that fake? Wait, is Barry Norman dead? Yes.
1: You're not yeah, thinking his... Paul
0: Newman. <laughs> oh, no, buddy. Barry Norman brand pickled onions are genuinely my favourite pickled onions. I do and it's not the know... Barry Norman,
1: the film critic.
0: Yes, I don't know why he, of all people, had a pickled onion sponsorship deal. <laughs> and Lloyd Grossman is alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the
2: thing is, uh, not even Barry, the Norman, Barry Norman pickled onion sounds very much like something you'd make up. <laughs> if... I know, right?
1: <laughs> I just don't no, know that if I was rude. in the shop and I was like looking at all the pickled onions trying to decide between them, I'd be like, oh yeah, Barry Norman, the famous pickled onion authority. I just... I mean, that you can't been...
0: imagine him snacking on them in the cinema, can you?
1: No. Like, if there was a film, if there was a DVD and it said, like, Barry Norman recommends this, I'd be like, oh, maybe. <laughs>
2: like, like... Or a popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Ebert's anchovies in garlic oil. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for a very fun Cabin of Lies, Uh That was lovely. And, uh, yeah, congratulations, uh, Matthew, for escaping a close run thing. Thanks. Um, but now all that, uh, that remains is for us to do our recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Uh, Matthew, what have you got to recommend this I'm week? I'm
1: going to recommend another Japanese novel that I recently read called The Cage by Kenzo Kitakata. And he writes hard boiled uh, Japanese crime fiction. So it's all quite sort of yakuza And in fact, it, it, it really reminded me of the Yakuza games in terms of like the slightly sort of, um, sort of not anti hero, but kind of bruising sort of giant protagonist who, who's having none of it and goes around basically thumping lots of people in submission. Um, I really, really enjoyed it.
2: That sounds very fun. i'm I'm well up for that um i am going to recommend a book as well uh it's called a marvelous light um and it's a i haven't written down the author's name but it's good it's called a marvelous light and it's um a sort of uh fantasy um magic sort of romance thing um set in uh edwardian England. Who was Asquith? Was Edwardian, wasn't he? I know he's prime minister in it. Um, And uh, it's another one of those magic is real, but it's kept secret from everyone kind of things. And um, the this uh, civil servant gets shunted into uh, a job that is uh, basically the kind of um, liaison with the magic parliament that he didn't know existed. Uh, And then he gets caught up in sort of a conspiracy um, working with his opposite number. Uh, at the magic parliament and i don't normally like kind of fantasy magic systems in books because i find there's a lot of time is spent explaining the rules of how it works and how people's hands move when they're doing spells (laughs) um uh, but i enjoyed this because one of the main characters robin the non-magical guy is just a big jock um who will uh to be like uh, you know Edwin tried to k- explain some magic stuff to me but it was very boring and i didn't listen i thought about having sex with him instead so i quite enjoyed that <laughs> that there was just that kind of get out clause and yeah they have a, a a romance system there's not a lot of sex in it uh but there is some but um i i found it to be a an enjoyable romp that kind of uh i think knowingly uh, included all the fun stuff about magic and gave you a get-out clause for the more boring bits. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, that Nate, what's like you... a crackerino? Yeah, um, Nate, what are you going to recommend this week?
0: Uh, Struggle Street for Nate because I got too wrapped up in um, coming up my Cavern of Lies, but I'm going to use my permitted trump cards that I get to use in the month I've got <laughs> a book out uh, and just plug my own own stuff like a scumbag. Um, you you might remember back in October um, the first part uh, of a duology I wrote uh, called The Twice Dead King was released Uh, the second part is out now yes it is a Warhammer 40k story but as always uh, I like to stress uh, A. I write these with people who don't know anything about Warhammer in mind, they're just meant to be hopefully good stories Uh, and secondly I am a massive try-hard with them, so they're not just loads of fights. Uh, there's also <laughs> a load of pretentious descriptions, too. Um, no, seriously, it's getting, I'm actually really happy with the reviews. The audible audiobook of it is really, really lovely. Um, like, I can't bear to read my own books, but I actually I love listening to the audiobooks of this series because they're done by a narrator called Richard Reed, uh, off of the Fantastic Four Um, who yeah he's just really really brilliant great reading voice does very distinct character voices and yeah it's a nice time so twice dead king part one ruin and part two rain they're now both out
2: lovely thank you very much nate um well that's it from us uh the electronic wireless show this week this was episode 170 the game houses we'd like to live in the best houses in game special um you can find Rock Paper Shotgun on your social medias. If you search uh, for Rock Paper Shotgun on Twitter, YouTube and Facebook, you should find us. Uh, you can also buy some merch. Uh, you can join the Discord, hang out and chat with people. You can email us at, uh, at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. And thank you very much uh, to Paddy from Dublin who emailed today. Uh, to suggest uh, a very good theme which i've put into our uh, uh, organizational spreadsheet and also to let us know that um recently ireland's only herd of buffalo was stolen uh from mm. a field in cork um then there was sort of a public uh, national outcry about it and so the the herd of buffalo was quietly returned to the field um decent as well as Paddy pointed out, it's probably quite hard to fence uh, the only buffalo in Ireland. <laughs> I've got, some, I've got, um, got some buffalo that that fell off the back of a uh, of a lawyer. Are, are those those the the only buffalo in Ireland that recently got started? No, it's,
0: these are different buffalo. <laughs> My mind's genuinely buffalo. reeling from this.
2: What was the motive? <laughs> I don't know um but thank you for emailing us with that paddy that was uh, a lovely start to my day today um uh but for all uh your pc gaming needs just go to rockpapershotgun.com uh and we'll see you again next week but for now it's goodbye from me alice bell it's goodbye from Suggs. <laughs> goodbye <laughs>
0: and it's goodbye from house md <laughs> I've diagnosed the condition. It was America's opiate crisis. Oh, God.
2: Good. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.